You know, there's this war in Ukraine, apparently. Uh, mm. oh, did you hear about Russia. this? Yeah. Have you heard about this? Uh, Russia bombing the shit out of Ukraine? The Crimean War? That ended like 150 years ago, Matt. It's back. It's back, Grant. <laughs> oh, they're, they're rebooting well, it? Jesus yeah. Christ. They, they rebooted it. They, oh, they just can't, can't come up with any new shot ideas. Shot for shot remake. God who damn got, it, Ben. Who they got playing uh, Florence Nightingale? They got uh, Amy Adams or... Hamburger Jones. Rachel McAdams. Jones. Rachel McAdams, okay. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. Mayor McAdams. Uh, so, I saw that Mark Hamill, who played Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, um, yeah. lent his voice to recording an air raid warning for a town in Ukraine so that the air raid sirens come on and he says, attention, I'm not making this shit up, guys, I'm not making this up. He says, attention, air raid alert, proceed to the nearest shelter, may the force be with you. Force be with you. God damn liberal Are dumb fuck bullshit. Fucking, w- fucking dumb bullshit. <laughs> okay. My get, God. That's how I get mad when, when I get in a cab and it's like, hey, you should put your seat on. This is, uh, you know, like, you know, some, some like famous actor or whatever. I was like, stop it. Yeah. Just stop. Or like when you get on the tram at the, at the airport, yeah. it's like, people you know. just dying every fucking day. Russians and Ukrainians dying, dying, dying. And then it's like, hey, you know what? Wasn't that the guy from the movie that just, <laughs> this is all much better now. Thanks. This is better. This is better. Don't stop the war. Good thing he's giving us a warning in either a language we don't speak or with a thick <laughs> accent that we can't understand. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. They misunderstood when they were advising his translation, and it's like, may the fifth be with you, because they <laughs> thought it was the <laughs> an ordinal number and not the... Uh, imagine, okay, never mind. imagine surviving this conflict and then seeing a Star Wars movie anywhere in the world, just like, oh, God, fuck, every time mm. they say force, it's just... <laughs> right. Well, I, ha- I kind of have that when my parents died. <laughs> Fucking awesome. I have that current reaction Fucking to awesome. new Star Wars content, but you are <laughs> I did saving it. the world, buddy. Uh, it, it is better. However, I, I if you're gonna do it, it's better than Harrison Ford's uh, ending his air raid warning with, "I got a bad <laughs> feeling about this." <laughs> I like his air raid warning of snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Because there's yeah. a lot of people confusedly looking up. Wait, what? <laughs> looking up and down at the same time. Get off my plane! Up, they're doing like high stepping. Like... <laughs> I'm not a ticket. Are they on the what? I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> they choose the Indiana Jones where he's like, you know, we are going to die here. Like, oh, poor choice. Poor choice. <laughs> oh, 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 my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Or you could, you could branch out into other TV characters. Better. You could have an Urkel. Did I do that? <laughs> you know, air raid after the... <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's just Harrison Ford giving them a Voight camp test, like the turtle crawls through the desert. What? What am I supposed to do? What's happening? <laughs> Turtle's on his back. This is not helpful at all. Oh. It's just confusing and badgering. What's happening? We all hate society, right? Yeah. Uh, between those yeah. yahoos oh, yeah, yeah. in Washington mm. and the fat cats on mm. Wall Street, they got us, the working man, in a real dilly of a pickle. Mm. So this week we're telling pickle jokes 
No, oh, just, no, sorry. <laughs> I, not again. Not again. I've learned my lesson. Too late. I just, I just tore my podcasting license in half. <laughs> uh, Walter, who is playing, he's the new Matt after we fired the, the original Matt because of the pickle joke episode. Walter, this is your one. You're walking a thin line. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, but what's, what's a fella like me or you to do, right? A, a few weeks ago, episode 277 to be exact, Ben said, you ever have one of those days where you just want to pack it up and leave society? And we oh, talked yeah. the whole episode talking about hermits, uh, becoming a hermit, um, you know, which is one way to deal with it. It's basically like run away from all this shit, right? But sometimes a brave, intrepid, stubborn bastard decides to stand up to the man. There are many stories out there of some heroic asshole with his heels dug in so far <laughs> that his stubbornness turns to historic levels of spite. Today on the Free Legal Advice podcast, two such stories of spite. Yeah, we're just, we're going to stick it to the man. And the spoiler alert here is, like, look, I, I'm, I want to encourage all members of Little Captain Travis, that's you, our listening audience, to stick it to the man. But just so you know, the man always wins. He's going to win eventually, mm. but it's like those brief shining moments where you just get to have that like pride before you're, you're crushed like a little bug sure. that you are. Like the guy who, uh, who stole a tank or the guy who made the killdozer, uh, like welding shit onto a bulldozer and then terrorized downtown. There's, it's a limited time, but these people are legends. Those are true stories. Absolutely. You know, you know what? That shining moment of sticking it to the man is that's uh, you get to play with the fun toy before the kid takes it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, two stories. Our first story takes place in San Francisco, a.k.a. the Big Foggy, Lady <laughs> Bread Bull herself. <laughs> Lady like Bread all... Bull. Yes. <laughs> That's what they call it. Oh, yeah. As she's known. As I've she's been known. there. <laughs> yeah. As, uh, like all San Francisco stories, we start with the gold rush. Did you uh. guys know uh, gold was discovered in them thar hills? That's where gold was discovered? Yeah, them Them, thar hills. Right thar? Right thar. I think you'll find those are my hills. Between between them and thar or in both of them? It's all up up in them and thar hills, Grant. All up and in. Oh, wow. Golden hills. Wow, there's gold in them thar hills? I gotta get out there. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) What are you waiting for? Holy crap. Does anyone else know about this? Grant, let's load a comically high pile of our possessions and tied to the top of our cars and Mm -hmm. uh, write California or bust. I'll bust or get there. Let's definitely draw the line at helping or busting. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, however you write that in German, that's what a young man, uh, Nicholas Young, did in 1848. He migrates from Germany to San Francisco as part of the gold rush. And one of the things that you hear a lot in reading about the gold rush is um, virtually no one who came here to find gold uh, got rich, but many people who built industries catering to the prospectors did. Oh, sure. So, uh, you know, a guy named Levi Strauss placed a bet that all these prospectors are going to need clothing and equipment and uh, ends up doing pretty well for himself. So you're telling me the people who got rich were the people who... Took advantage of the idiots. Yes. Wow, if, if that, you have taken, why aren't people still doing that? <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, you're saying exactly. they were early podcasters? 
taking advantage <laughs> yes. of idiots. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The forerunners of today's podcasters. Huh. So Nicholas Young, our protagonist, he places this risky bet that all of these gold seekers would eventually die. So he becomes a mortician. Uh, and the bet pays off. Most of these prospectors did, in fact, pass away. Okay. So, wow. Very high mortality rate. Some haven't. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, about, it's just about all of them, Corey. <laughs> high mortality rate for the, a couple, uh, for the a couple of them ate enough gold to be immortal. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Young does pretty well for himself. He is able to buy a plot of land uh, for himself uh, and his family on top of a hill in San Francisco. Um, I would guess, it sounds like, you know, he's a mortician. It sounds like he's probably like middle class, maybe upper middle class. Um, not wealthy, but, you know, he, he was doing all right for himself. Now, cue the villain music, or, or whatever happens when the villains enter. Um, perhaps our, our, our stage hisses. Yeah. Ooh. Some piano Inter- music. Yes. Minor minor tinkling. Minor minor wait, is that a minor key? Uh enter <laughs> Charles Crocker. Boo. Uh, boo. Boo. He sucks. Uh also any history of San Francisco that you read is all inevitably you're gonna come across the quote unquote big four. These are Four railroad tycoons, uh, in the literal, so actual railroad tycoons, uh, not uh, video games or computer games from the late 90s. Mm. Um, the only one you've probably heard of, or even just the name you've heard of, is Leland Stanford, uh, mm-hmm. who, of course, <laughs> is the namesake for the Stanford <laughs> University bookstore. Um, <laughs> I was going to say the Stanford band. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was named after his brother. Oh. Uh, <laughs> So these are the four fat cats who built the Central Pacific Railroad. Um, and that's, that's a whole other podcast of the, the fuckery that they pulled. But, like, I was thinking, if you, of, of, of the various, like, research that I did on them, if you put, like, all that text into a word cloud, you'd see words like monopoly, robber baron, milk the taxpayers, well, yeah. and... Exploitation. <laughs> exploitation. <laughs> And quote from their Wikipedia page, contemporary critics, critics claim they were the greatest swindlers in U.S. history. <laughs> Dead Chinese and Irishmen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're, that it is a true part of their uh, story. Yeah. So, uh, at That's six progress. Fi- That's progress. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're the victims... Oh no! The victims of a lot of today's robber barons are also uh, brown and black, or so they are also uh, <laughs> <laughs> along racial lines. I mean, there, there's plenty of poor uh, white people today too. So, no, you know, no, no, no. They're ben, all it's Irish. progress. It's progress. It, it is progress. You said brown and black. <laughs> Grant said green and yellow. So yeah. we have changed yeah. the color. We've changed wheel. the color. We rotated the color wheel. Yeah. We rotated the color yeah. wheel on the browns and blacks who had it too good in the mid 1800s. They sure did. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no in the mid 1800s hundreds in america there's really no records of of uh of anything of having nothing i can think of no now that i can think of it's a five-year period missing yeah, and uh, you, you just you yeah. look at the look at the voter reg- voter records who's being black <laughs> and you're having a bad time no there's no one there's no one yeah mm-hmm. three-fifths of them yeah. seem to have registered and yeah, i don't know <laughs> that's my favorite fraction ben i don't know why you're bringing that up <laughs> anyway 
Anyway, the problem of the day was states' rights. So if they, <laughs> um, <laughs> so at uh, at six foot tall, three hundred pounds, Charles Crocker fit the bill of an imposing fat cat. Uh, he and his cronies now they've got this, uh, you know unimaginable wealth you don't even know what to do with. So they are scouting places around San Francisco to build their new mansions. And um, Leland Stanford actually was the first to decide this, excuse me, a hill called California Hill had the best views. You got like 360 views of everything. And um, he, he buys up some property up there and wants to build a house that it was so steep and difficult to get to. So there really wasn't a lot going on up there, but, when you've got more money than God, you just decide I'm going to build a cable car line, which is what he did. So he built, he yep. bought a bought a house on top of the hill, and then built a cable car to get to the house. Um, so Crocker, his crony buddy, is like, "All right, I got to one up Stanford and build my own mansion." <clears throat> so he starts buying up plots of land, you know, adjacent properties, because I'm not just going to live on the same uh, the same uh, footprint as you know some local schmuck or some some poor uh you want to buy like i don't know six eight properties together so you can have Mm. one big ass property right Mm -hmm. and uh so this this actually california hill today is is known as knob hill it's actually kind of an interesting side note okay um i know that place yeah the term so there's a term nabob which was a term for a conspicuously wealthy man who got rich quick in India. So it's like a British person in when when they uh when they were partnering with <laughs> India, um, you know, people made enormous sums of wealth there and these these like then they had to go back to England and flaunt their wealth. And so they were known as nabobs. Nabob eventually in slang just beca- became knob. So Oh thank God. It's basically it like, going to become another end slang. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if you'd say, look at that knob, it's like, you know, look at that rich asshole. So, um, Knob Hill is called such because all these rich assholes bought up, you know, property build their, to build their mansion. Why I'm going to buy up and build on Rich Asshole Hill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, speaking of rich assholes, back to Crocker and uh, Nicholas Young. So, Nicholas Young had his house up there on what is now Knob Hill. And Young d- decides, hey, this is the perfect spot for me. Uh, I'm going to buy out, you know, he, he starts buying one after the other, all of Young's neighbors. They sell out, sure, give me the check, I'm out of here. Young, uh, you know, he makes the offer to Young, hey, let me buy your house out, whatever. Young refuses. Um, not uh, there, There's some differing uh, accounts here of like how these negotiations went or what his like actual principle of this was, but the fact is like to be spiteful or stubborn, you don't actually have to have like principles that make sense. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> you don't it seems say like most of the time you, well, you, you don't say <laughs> <laughs> most of the time. In fact, you don't want to have anything that would be logical. You just decide uh, for illogical reasons to dig in. So, um, don't get any of that logic into my hot, hot, passionate feelings. Mm-hmm. Grant says, step into my office. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Matt, do you want me to take over from here? I don't know exactly where we're going, but I think yeah, I can get sure us. I can, I can land guide this, this ship to port. I can land this plane. <laughs> take the headset off. I don't need it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Step into my walk-in cooler. All of this is best served yep. cold. Yes. Yeah. Great, you've turned off your targeting computer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing's wrong. 
<laughs> I'm feeling great, it's actually. It's just an air raid in Ukraine, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you can picture kind of like a bird's eye view of like, uh, like a big city, like today's city block that, you know, all of these plots are, brought, are bought up except for Young's. So he's a- actually, Crocker now owns uh, all the surrounding properties. So like three sides and then, you, you know, the fourth side would be the street, you know, facing uh, on Young's property. But, you know, Crocker figures this is just negotiation. Um, I've got the rest of the property. I'm starting construction. Uh, he goes to Young, you know, as construction begins, he makes a second offer Young, uh, for stubborn reasons, holds out. And so as construction's going on, Young's like, well, maybe as a negotiating tactic, I suppose, he tells his his construction workers they have to do some uh, demo work with dynamite. He asks them to make to aim the dynamite in such a way that all the debris will be blasted at Young's property. Um, goes back and makes another offer, and believe it or not, Young holds out again. I think at that point, though, whatever his stubborn reasons were at first, uh, it's like he's got a dude, new reason. Yeah, you've yeah. got a new reason, Matt. This is the this is the neighbor doing his uh, like string trimming, like weed eating, right when you park your car next to his lawn. Yep, yep. I just want to get some shit stuck on his paint job. Yep, yep, yep. It's yep. on. Mm-hmm. We know what's happening here. This is also where, um, again, we let's just pause and, and celebrate to sticking it to the man. This uh, this rich bastard wants his mansion, and like fuck you, this is my house. Uh, because again, the spoiler alert. It's, the, the the rich bastard's gonna have his. They're you know, always gonna win. Day, but, but at this well, point, he'll it's not like yeah, it's not Justice like will prevail. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, it always does. <laughs> that Crocker's mm-hmm. gonna go. You know what? I'm gonna pay you five times as much, or I'm gonna make you my buddy, or you know, nothing. It's already too late. Once it gets to this, I'm not advocating for getting to this point. But at this point. Hey, yeah. you might as well make his life as miserable as possible. Absolutely. <laughs> well, the problem is Crocker has uh, a, not only the, the means, but uh, like uh, in wealth terms, but he has, you know, the, the property uh, kind of surrounded. So what happens is <laughs> Crocker builds a 40 foot high wall surrounding the three sides <laughs> of Young's home. I was wondering about that. I was thinking. Corey called uh, this. Yeah. <laughs> I texted Ben five minutes ago. I was like, "Spite fence." This is the spite fence. Yes. This. <laughs> if you Google spite fence or maybe just spite fence San Francisco, that's what's going to come up. Uh, he literally surrounds because he's like, "This is the like I'm not touching you." Um, you know, I'm one yes. inch off your property, but I'm going to build a forty foot high wall surrounding the home, and so you can see like pictures of like Crocker's like gargantuan you know looks like it should be a museum kind of building mansion and then this like in the back corner is this fucking 40 foot high wall um so this is also i want to pause uh here as a as a relatively new homeowner you're taking on like um diy projects or even like hiring contractors to do shit you you pretty quickly you could start getting frustrated with all these fucking like permits and zoning and they're like well if I have to do that we're gonna have to change the window because it's not up to code and um, we we just put up a fence in our backyard and it's like well it can only be six feet and uh, has to be x many feet away from this and and I'm like who are these fucking bureaucrats to tell me you know what to do with my property. Well, the fact is, in 1876, it was not illegal to build a 40-foot-high wall surrounding yeah. your neighbor's yeah. property, so there was literally Laws come nothing... from somewhere. Yes. yes. <laughs> Matt, there was I nothing... Love... 
<laughs> Young could do about it. And I'm like, you know what? Okay, there's probably a good reason why I can only have a six foot mm-hmm. high fence. I love mm-hmm. that you you have this like money grubbing billionaire who is already a broken human being focused on one, just like screw people over as fast and hard as I can. And then it's just kind of like, what? You're not leaving. Now, now that laser focus of fuck someone over is like, <laughs> yeah. all right, how about 15 minutes of daylight? <laughs> you exactly. see the giant, you got noon the giant noon flaming 15. eyeball above his mansion turn over to that little property? <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's no eagles coming Uh-oh. from the other direction, unfortunately. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, so in a way, though, I, I think uh, justice might prevail in a couple ways here. So... The wrap-up here is, I think Young kind of wins a little bit, because Young, uh, is, he's, he said it was absolutely miserable. It was like living at the bottom of the well of a well, I think he says. Um, their garden dies immediately. They, they, Corey, yeah. you're right. It probably wasn't more than you know an hour of sun a day or something. Uh, so he moves. He doesn't even live there anymore, but he refused to sell the vacant lot. So now it's just a vacant That's lot. That's awesome. That I this, forgot <laughs> yeah, that this fucking guy has this like palette. Now it like he 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 always looked like the asshole. In fact, it became kind oh, of a yes. tourist destination. But it's if like you now you now you've got your beautiful mansion with this weird fucking wall around a vacant yes. lot. Yes, yes. Google pictures of it, and at first you're like, what? Because it's in black and white, you know, where it's sepia toned. But take a look, settle in, and go. Oh, holy shit! He has a stupid. Block. He has this giant mansion, a giant, giant marble mansion, and then on it, on the edge of the property, is this stupid cracker box uh, that actually seems higher than his mansion. Uh, it looks dumb as shit. So it looks yeah. like video game assets didn't load right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So okay, and then not selling it and moving away is pretty rad. Yeah, that that's pretty that's pretty rad. Um, the so eventually both the crockers die, the youngs die, the uh descent crock or young's children eventually do sell the property um to Crocker, uh Crocker's descendants. So mm-hmm. they, they tore the wall uh down and then they could like expand the property. But the happiest ending of all is less than a year later, the great San Francisco earthquake of 1906 destroyed all of the mansions on Knob Hill. They all burnt down and all was for not. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. God bless that uh, earthquake uh, mm-hmm. and subsequent fire. I just, I just love the, like, Matt, like you said, like the, legally I'm not touching you. Legally I'm not touching you. I know, right? You know, with the, mm-hmm. to the extent of the law, I'm not murdering you. It yeah. is pretty amazing it, because you have, so of course, you can't do that today. And if you want to build anything close to your neighbor's property, you have to do 40 feet high. Check the picture, yeah. man. 40 yeah. feet high. That's a, three sto- that's a three-story house. More than yeah. is, yeah. is at least a three-story house like, yeah. all around your neighbor. Yeah, yeah three yeah. or four-story. Um, pretty we'll much. share pictures on uh, on Twitter at Free Legal Pod. We'll, we'll share some pictures of this. But yeah, it. like I said, I... And and look, I will still hold to that there's probably some things where it's like the city's gone a little too far with their red tape. But now that was literally the first time I was like, oh, fuck, I guess that is a good reason why you can't like why yeah. there is a law about how high your friends can be, because some fucking rich asshole could literally blot out the sun. <laughs> Dude, when when I owned when I owned a house, we had multiple disputes with the neighbor 
over like a tree of his that was growing into a shared like sewer line and like an easement uh, to get like the work done like that motherfucker would have built a fence like he would have built a, a big like terrifying structure to he, it would have been the most spiteful retaliation had there not been zoning laws mm-hmm. in Columbus yeah. Ohio at the time I yeah. see where we got them. Like Ben said, I, there's a reason someone's <laughs> like, no, you can't do 40. You can't. <laughs> I guess uh, I guess part of the, the, the reason for zoning laws goes back to spite. That's uh, what it all comes down to. All right, on to our second story. The Irish Hills Spite Tower. Um, our <laughs> second story <laughs> right takes to the place. Point. Yeah, yeah, it's called the Spite Tower. The second, uh, our story takes place in the Irish Hills of Michigan, uh, <laughs> as you all are familiar with, the uh, there's an area about an hour west of Detroit called the Irish Hills. Uh, in fact, my mother-in-law uh, lives there, and that's I was recently there and discovered this wonderful story. So, the Irish Hills, it's a pretty area, you know. It's like it's rolling hills. It's definitely like if you were going to say scenic, it is more scenic than Northwest Ohio, um, where on our town, you can see that uh, if you were standing on 65, you could see the next town 10 miles away because it's so flat. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it, Irish Hills, it's, it's green, it's scenic, uh, or, you know, it's rolling hills. There's a ton of lakes. Um, and then you've got golf courses, wineries, and stuff like that. So it, it is, a, it is a, uh, a tourist destination, a summer destination. But what's interesting to me is like how that, tourism has changed over history and, and how that footprint of that is like, you can still kind of see that around the area. So, um, like in the mid century, let's say like 1950s, 1960s, um, it was a very different kind of tourism because, uh, you can still, I, I was reading an article specifically about these places that are now, uh, I've driven past them they're they're still there. These like derelict former um, tourist attractions. So there was, uh, there's a prehistoric forest you can drive by that's like all half decrepit. You know, like T Rex statues. Um, there's a place called the Mystery Hill. There's a place called Ooh. Fantasyland, which was like ah. large stucco fairy tale things. You know. Mm. Mm-hmm. I've been to uh, Fantasyland too, but that's a very different kind of place. <laughs> so I thought. Okay, never, never mind. <laughs> No windows, right, Grant? A trucker's welcome. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a place called Frontier City uh, with, you know, all the, like, old Wild West stuff and a competing place down the road called Stagecoach Stop USA. Mm. Jesus um, Christ. Stagecoach Stop USA, according to this article, featured uh. the train car that Dwight Eisenhower used during his campaign visit to Jackson, Michigan. Oh, that was the yes. big draw. Jackson, Michigan. That one? It's <laughs> the, the train car train or is it just car. a replica? It's the, it's, well, a lot of replica parts, but it, most of the, the same model. is the original. <laughs> it's the same model. It's a recreation, yeah. but. Yeah, they use that, use photos to recreate it. Wow. Okay. It's fantastic. Ben's noise it's... and Grant's face was every kid who was like had to walk up those wrought iron stairs into the caboose and be like, yes. what? Uh, oh. Dwight, who even this? walking through this is too long. It's fantastic. Uh. It's the modern Holy Roman Empire where each town has a relic of some sort. And, and the lesser town, the lesser the town, the lesser the relic. You know, like big cities have actual history in them. And then small towns can have other things. And then the smallest of ones. 
here is a train car that someone famous once rode in. Right. You could imagine what that must have been On like for him to be to transported. On nowhere. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's, here's where he was temporarily inconvenienced. <laughs> See, for L.A., our relic is FDR's jawbone. You guys, these guys got to settle for Our town, when we were a kid, was a random train car. <laughs> the yeah, it was a train car. had a caboose in it. <laughs> and they were like, ooh, a caboose. Mm. Hell, that uh, one never, that, that didn't go to Jackson, Michigan, let alone with the president of the United States right. in it. Matt, you don't know that. You don't know that. A lot of presidents had craft day in there. Yes, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but I love the, first of all, I love, I love an abandoned <laughs> anything, but... Um, I, I love seeing like these old like the prehistoric forest, but also <laughs> uh, you love it so much that you're telling <laughs> telling Aaron like who left that old abandoned diet coke can? In the <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to clean it up after everyone in this house. <laughs> yeah, you can eat those abandoned fries. <laughs> <laughs> I love an abandoned anything. Says Matt, smiling in front of an orphanage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, ooh, he's look at them they're just like petrified orphans they're these old like abandoned people. babies <laughs> uh, I mean I also love the kitschy stuff like I, I I was there I was in the Irish Hills in May and I wished like I was like man if this prehistoric forest was open I would go to it like I would love to go oh, to yeah. the prehistoric forest but uh, different the old times forest. so if we go back one step before, so that was like in mid-century. What were people? What would bring the tourists in? Right. Let's go mm-hmm. back. You know, another generation or two. So, in the early 1920s, an outfit called the Michigan Observation Company was erecting 50-foot-tall towers around the state in order to boost tourism. 50-foot-tall wooden okay. tower. You can look out from it. That was the big attraction of the day. Um. And actually, that, that is our theme of spite. They, these men decided to spite God and erect a tower so massive <laughs> that despite his wishes to the contrary, they could look over the ridgeline and see his mm-hmm. creation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we said no to yep. his flatness. <laughs> exactly. The, the like, property line between earth and heaven is in the sky, and so we're getting right up to that property <laughs> line. Not crossing. <laughs> so it... It's kind of silly, but if you think about it, though, like, in the 1920s, someone in rural Michigan certainly has never been above, like, the a two-story never level. Never been in a plane. Maybe, <laughs> you know, certainly never been, you know, so they've been yeah. 10 feet off the ground, right? So, like, hell, three, you know, go 50 feet in the air and see the next county over, like. Back then, okay. the Tower of Power at Cedar Point was only 10 feet tall. <laughs> yeah, Matt, I was going to say, in 1990s Northwest Ohio, I paid a buck fifty to sit on a tall guy's shoulders at a pool party once. Like, <laughs> worth every cent. That was three gallons of gas, by the way. So Yeah, yeah. Well, this re- it reminds me of, uh, I think it's Ken Burns' first documentary, which is about the Brooklyn Bridge. And I, I've, I've been in love with the Brooklyn Bridge after watching this documentary, and people are like, eh, what's so great about the bridge? But it's all about that like context, because when it was built, it was the tallest structure in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, today, it's yeah. like, it doesn't look like much. There's skyscrapers all around it, but, um, you know, these people, yeah, people have... people wouldn't have, walk on it. Yeah. Right, yeah. So it's they like... Were, I bet we got at least one pyramid that tall. <laughs> yeah, we got... Yeah, we built... <laughs> 
We built I bet we got at least one Bass Pro Shop that tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Pretty soon the Brooklyn Bridge is going to turn into a Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> Events like Pro Shop. Fast That's forward like 100 years, all our monuments are Bass Pro Shops. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got a fifth head on the on Mount Rushmore. It's just a fish. Yeah. It's the just fish head coming around Washington's shoulder. <laughs> so you walk up to take a look. <laughs> you put a coin in a slot and it goes, take me to the river. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, yes. You just walk in front of me and there's a sensor. Splish, splash, I was taking a bath. Yeah. <laughs> Lincoln's singing that, uh, right? Or is, oh, the, the fish is singing that. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> They're yes. doing doo-wop. They're doing four-part harmony. Bo, 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 bo. So back to the Michigan Observation Company. Uh, they scout out this spot um, along what is today Route 12 uh, to build their uh, build one of these towers, and apparently they um, the the they get word that this this ra- this road is being paved, and that's like big news. And so they're like getting ahead, like, "Ooh, we're gonna put a tower right at the high point of the paved road to attract tourism." Uh, this would still be big news in Michigan. Um, Almost every road off of Route 12 in this area is dirt, uh, is a dirt road. And according to my mother-in-law, like many or most roads in Michigan are dirt roads. Her entire neighborhood's dirt roads. The whole subdivision's dirt roads. Uh, so it was a big deal. They're, pay- they're paving the road. Uh, let's, put, let's attract all the tourists that are sure they come in to see the paved road. We're going to put a 50-foot tall tower to see you know, the surrounding areas. And uh, mm-hmm. the MOC uh, approaches... Two landowners, kind of like where this this property meets, like at the hill. One guy, some fucking sellout, sells right away. Um, enter Ed Kelly, our our stubborn bastard of story number two, uh, refuses to sell. Again, unclear why. Uh, it doesn't seem to be, as we'll find out, it wasn't like for commercial. Re- it, unclear why he's just like, nope, not doing it. Well... Look, that road has been paved. People are now driving by and they're missing opportunities. So they're like, fuck it. We're, we're just going to build the tower. We bought you know, one of the properties. We're just going to build it at the edge of that property. Good enough. So on uh, October 4th of 1924, uh, to a gala celebration, the tower is opened. More than 1,200 visitors in the first weekend paid five cents to ascend the stairs and, view the, and enjoy the stunning view of the hills. So Ed Kelly, that glorious bastard, less mm. than two months later, decides to build his own tower yes, 12 feet, feet away, <laughs> identical in design, and 10 feet taller. Yes. Than, uh, Four cents to climb. Exactly. <laughs> Listeners of the podcast, you can't see me crying American flag uh, eagle decals right now. <laughs> this is the most American thing. I love it. So in the middle of this, like, farmland, you've got this now, like, weird tower sitting out 12 feet away, an identical tower, uh, but 10 feet taller. Uh Uh-huh. Imagine taking your date up the the shorter of the two towers. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) $1,000, Bob, 1,001. Hey, fuck you, man. Like, (laughs) this is the price is right, fuck you. Yeah. Well, the MOC, not to be outdone by Ed Kelly, they decide to build a, they, they put like a platform turret on top of their tower, making it four feet higher than Ed's tower. And they rebrand mm-hmm. it, they paint in big letters, the original Irish Hills Tower. 
Oh boy! <laughs> so now you've we'll got get famous two. raised tower right next to it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <sighs> you've got the original Irish Hills Tower. Uh, you know, right next to and then to the Ed's... real Irish Hills Tower. If <laughs> cartoons have taught me anything, yes. <laughs> Ed Kelly decides to build his tower four feet taller. And so I would build a one-story building across the street and write, "I went to see the two dumb towers." <laughs> t-shirts, sell t-shirts. <laughs> Keep at it, guys. Uh, so what does that do now in re- in response? So Ed, like I said, Ed topped the M- the MOC responded. He responds back, builds taller. But like the saying goes, death taxes and the Michigan Observation Company. You can't stop the Michigan Observation Company. They basically went to him and said, we will tear our tower down and build a steel tower, double the height. They basically were like, we won't stop at anything. You can keep trying to one-up us. And we we have have all the money we need. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So he he calls a truce, basically. Um, And so at this point now, the two towers are just identical in basically look and in height. and they do become a very popular attraction. The MOC adds like a, a petting zoo and a picnic ground. And a, uh, it says, uh, the article I read said, by 1929, 52 buses a day were stopping to allow uh, travelers to climb the observatories and grab a quick lunch. Um, the MOC... A slow news year. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people, people climb ladder. Pay <laughs> buses a day. Uh, by 1947, the MOC had done their thing. They sold out to another investor. Uh, he wanted to buy both. He tried. He he wants to buy both properties. Make this like one big thing. Ed Kelly, still alive, holds out. Says, "Fuck you. I'm not selling." Um, I guess the sad ending is that once he dies. His kids sell him up the river, and they sold out. So I guess, you know, <laughs> one of the lessons is don't have kids. They're, they're yeah. not going to protect your legacy. Um, but in the, like, 50s, once he bought it out, he the one said the original Irish Hills Tower, and you can see pictures of this that I'll share. The other one just says in big letters, Spite Tower. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love so, that he died doing he died doing what he loved, yeah. not selling out. Yes. He did. <laughs> and so Being I guess spiteful. In, in a way, his spite lived on for eternity, and the towers closed in 2000 due to a lack of patronage. So, uh, thus <laughs> it went until 2000? Yes, was I was still interested. In our lifetime, we could have taken a high school field trip to go climb, and I'm sure many in Michigan did, just to go walk due up to Due to lack towers. of patrons since 1962. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't had a patron in almost 40 years. It's probably time we shut this down. Yeah, but then it just goes to, you know, it's teens having sex there. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I also love hey, Ben's, baby. Ben's Wanna point join of the 50-foot like, high club? I was just going to say the... <laughs> <laughs> I love Ben's idea of, like, what are you going to do? Take her on the, on the shorter one? Like, where everyone's going to drop a penny on you or spit on you? Come on now. <laughs> oh my god just imagine like that you're you prefer some print your buddies in the moc or there's some reason that you have to do the crappier of the two towers at the time your wife is you stop climbing and then you watch the other people 10 foot higher <laughs> looking out and just looking at you oh god yeah they're your right next to each other worse now 
get a divorce now. They're yeah. so close to each other. The only way to get the 360 view is to be on the taller one. Like it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. 270 views. Yeah. Two yeah. cents cheaper. 270 yeah. degree view. Well, that's all the spite we have for today, little Captain Travis. Uh, have you seen what's over that ridge line? Uh, let us know what's over there. Uh, email us at freelegaladvicepodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, oh yeah. Well, if you want to send us a message, send it to us via DM <laughs> on Instagram. We're free at Free Legal Advice Podcast, and that's where we want you to send our messages. That'll show you, Matt. <laughs> oh, you're gonna post to Instagram? Well, like Grand Oise says. We're just going to post on Twitter then. We're at Free Legal Pod, and you can see pictures of the things that we discussed today. <laughs> damn it. Uh, and if you like the show and are a nabob, uh, <laughs> you know what they say. Wheeze crockers. Wheeze crockers. <laughs> Only Ben's going to laugh at that. All right. That's Wait. it. That's an old joke. Which I did out of spite, knowing only Ben would get it. Uh, uh, yay, Bob. <laughs> I'm a yes, Bill. Uh, no. Matt, the episode ended 10 seconds ago. Classic. 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 A classic bit. Episode 181. Okay, so you've all purchased directors. I'm sure you all like the directors you've purchased. Um, I'm sure there could be nothing bad about them. Oh, wait, there are twists. <laughs> what? What? Bum, bum. Bum. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you didn't say this at the outset. <laughs> there, are, there are twists. Or are there dun, dun, dun again? <laughs> Maybe there Uh-oh. are not. Because the second thing you'll be bidding on is to avoid your twist. You will be inflicting the twists <laughs> on the other two. Whoever wins this auction won't get twisted. $200 yes. to not get twisted. Keep sweat. Twisted goes to someone bucks. else. Anyone, can, anyone bucks. Out, can anyone outbid? 210 Cory Bucks. 210. 300 Cory Bucks. 300. Hmm. Uh, 350. 350. Uh, 351 three, says he won't go any higher. 351. Oh, okay. Anyone else? Too rich for my blood. 352. Ben challenging my ability to do subtraction. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matt, you're good. I'm, I'm, I'm reconsidering now. I, I, again, I'm not. I don't love my director, so I'm kind of hoping a twist puts me in a better spot. So I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sold to Ben for three hundred fifty-two Cory bucks. Yes. Goddamn twist! Didn't see this coming. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, just for funsies, the twist that Ben avoided. By successfully mm-hmm. uh, bidding for the twist is uh, Travis Tord's twist was that his girlfriend has to star in the movie and she's terrible. Ooh. Ooh. Now his girlfriend's dead. Ah. <laughs> we killed her. <laughs> and it just cost $352 to kill her. It's <laughs> pretty good for Hollywood. That's a good rate. She wanted to get famous. She tried to... Uh, uh, to get infamous, so she saw what happened in the Tour de France, so she went out, you know, with a protest sign to get on the news, mm. uh, but it was the Daytona 500, so uh, <laughs> she got clapped uh, by Kurt Busch. And yeah, when the Peloton no ran into her that time, uh, it was pretty, it was rough. <laughs> yep. Now she's yep. Uh, she's protesting uh, races with Dick Trickle. <laughs> <laughs> she's rooting races up in heaven with Dick Trickle. <laughs> 
turn internet over.